What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti. If this is your first time on the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time, welcome back. And currently, as I'm recording this, I'm watching the Alabama-Miami game, and they're winning 41-10, to Alabama is, and... Like, I don't watch a lot of college football. I'm not really a college football fan, Miami Hurricanes, Alabama, anyone. I care more about players, more so than teams. Um, you can clearly tell. I don't really know much about the Hurricanes, and their head coach, I think his name is Manny Diaz. You can clearly tell that they are badly coached. Like, that's their main problem. Like, they have some talented guys on their team, for sure, Miami. Uh, Derek King, uh, D- is I say Derek or D. Eric? I don't know. But... He like he looks really talented. He looks mobile. He's got a pretty good arm. It's nothing amazing, but like he he's he's pretty good. But you can clearly just tell like the coaching for Miami is not good. Um, and then on top of it, Alabama is you know they're consistently like the best team in college football. But anyway, so for today's podcast, I wanted to talk about two things. Number one, I wanted to go over like why we shouldn't be letting the Deshaun Watson stuff like completely destroy our optimism for the season because I feel like personally we were like super hype about the season Tua was looking good defense was looking good and then the Deshaun Watson rumors came out and everyone kind of like just lost their confidence in this team uh and not confidence as far as we think they're going to be bad but like I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to hype everyone up like the season is one week away a little over a week away and there's a lot of reason to be optimistic if you're a Dolphin fan Okay, so that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. And then the second thing is I wanted to go over, I did this last year, midway through the season, but I'm going to do one before the season and maybe midway through. And that is I'm going to go through the AFC. I'm going to give you my record predictions for each team and then give you guys what I think, how many wins I think the Dolphins need to have in order to make the playoffs. So last year I said they're probably going to need 11, maybe 10, but probably 11 wins to get them in. And, and, and I was right. So let's see this year. I'm going to give you guys my record predictions and how many wins I think the Dolphins need to get in. Um, and first off, before we start, I apologize about the audio quality. I'm not going to be at home for two weeks. I'm out at a job right now. Um, and so I didn't bring my microphone. I forgot it. So I'm recording simply off of my laptop. No good audio quality or anything like that. So I do apologize ahead of time um, for that. So let's start off with reasons to be optimistic for the season. I feel like the Dolphins and just like media and fans, they were all hyped about the season for Miami. And then the rumors came out about Deshaun and it kind of deflated everything. Like, let's not forget, even though, yes, the, Desh- the the rumors came out the Dolphins are interested in Deshaun Watson still, let's not forget where we were, like, literally a minute before the rumors came out, right? As, as close as you can get to when they came out. We were hype. I mean, hype, like, to the point where some people were like, Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that, that's a, maybe a little much. But let's start with Tua. Okay, Tua looked has looked phenomenal this offseason, okay? Like in preseason, has looked sensational. Okay, there's a clip that I actually want to play from you, play for you, uh, from it's from Chris Sims Unbuttoned. 
And I know a lot of people out there, you like don't like Chris Sims, and I understand that. But I personally, I do like Chris Sims. I don't agree with his takes, but just because some takes I don't agree with, that doesn't mean you don't have to like someone. It's just I don't agree with his take. Like, I don't agree with his take on Tua uh, pre coming out of the draft. But in life, you're going to be wrong. You are. There's no guarantee, There's no chance in life you're going to be right 100% of the time. Okay, so if you are going to be wrong, you're either going to be two type of people. A, the person who never wants to admit they're wrong, likes to just kind of like troll, which is Colin Coward and Skip Bayless. Or B, you're going to be a person who admits I was wrong. So and so has looked phenomenal, right? Like if, if, if someone doesn't think that a quarterback is the best coming out of college, if they look good, you admit, I was wrong on that. Okay, I've seen, like I, I I've seen uh, Chris Sims do it with Baker Mayfield, where he didn't think the most of him coming out of college, and now he's like, yeah, he he's looked good with the better coaching. Like he looks like a top half of the NFL quarterback, and that's what he's done with Tua. Okay, he has uh, some people call it backpedaling, but then again, like if you're wrong about something, what are you supposed to do? You should change your opinion and admit you were wrong and that's what he does so chris sims goes on and he talks about tua in the preseason and this is what he had to say i would say good thing he has definitely improved he's been phenomenal in both preseason games i mean phenomenal he had the one bad interception against the bears yep. down the middle of the field and you know he'll learn his limitations and things like that you know do i ever think Tua's is going to be mahomes or aaron Rodgers? no i don't think he's going to be that but do i think he can win games and you can get to the playoffs and the super bowl with tua you know i i do i think so i don't think they're going to ask him to make the team all about him and some people, like when they listen to that, they're going to say he's backpedaling or um, they're going to get turned off by the fact that he says, will he ever be Mahomes or Rodgers? Look, Tua is not Mahomes or Rodgers. That's not his game. Just like Mahomes and Rodgers will never be Tua. They never, they never will. I believe he has better pocket presence than probably both of them. Okay, accuracy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is pretty damn accurate, but I think Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Like, there's stuff about Tua's game that other quarterbacks can't do, okay? And just because he's not the gunslinger type of quarterback, that doesn't mean that he's bad. And some people will listen to Chris Sims say that and be like, they'll, they'll be turned off by it. Look, I, along with Chris Sims especially, like, from the beginning, this has always been my thing with Tua. I thought Tua was the best quarterback coming out of the draft. Chris Sims didn't. But Chris Sims never said like Tua will suck or Tua can't win games. He just worried like I think everyone kind of did deep down inside. Is Tua really good or is it the team? Okay. And the, the, the place where I disagree with Chris Sims, especially basically up until this season, is so many people judged Tua off of his rookie season as if he was healthy he was in a perfect situation his offensive line was good his wide receivers were good and they kind of put all the blame on him they didn't give him any breaks or any slack and that's where i disagree with chris sims and people like that because again if you look at to his rookie season it wasn't super super impressive but when you consider the the lack of talent at wide receiver the lack of talent at offensive line the fact that Chan Gailey was his coordinator, the fact that he was coming back from an injury that nearly had him retire and quit football. His rookie season was really impressive. 
okay? And what Chris Sims is saying there, which is what I 100% agree with, is like, yeah, Tua's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes' gunslinger, but neither is Tom Brady, neither was Peyton Manning, neither was Drew Brees. You don't have to be a gunslinger to win games in the NFL and to, to win Super Bowls. You don't. The only thing that does is, hey, if everything goes wrong, you may have a better chance of making it work. And and that is what two is. Like when things go wrong, he can make stuff work, but his arm's not gonna be able to bail him out and step on his back foot and throw it 60 yards down the field. It won't, but that's fine. Because if my quarterback's in that situation anyway, I don't really feel confident about my team. But Tua can absolutely pick you apart like no other. I mean, Tua, seriously, like when he understands the NFL game more, I think he will probably be the best quarterback in the NFL at just picking you apart. Okay? Literally just being a point guard. Not the flashy three-pointer, not anything like that. Just going out there and picking you apart. Little... Five-yard pass, five-yard pass, 30-yard pass, 15, 6, 8-yard pass. Like, that's what Tua is, and that is 100% valid, and that is 100% a quarterback that you can win with, and you can win a lot with, okay? And so what I'm trying to get to is Tua has looked phenomenal. Tua has looked sensational in training camp, offseason. He rehabbed like a mofo in the offseason, and we all saw it, and we all knew this day was coming. Okay, preseason comes along. He looks sensational, has one bad throw in Chicago where he makes a good read late throw, though, um, and he'll learn from that. But aside from that throw, which was a mistake, I mean, my gosh, he has looked like I, I've never seen quarterback play this good th- since I've been alive. Right, because I, I I'm only 23. The latest I can remember back was like Chad Pennington, like early on, because I was about 10. That's where I started watching Dolphins football. So since then, I since I've been alive and watching Dolphins football, I've never seen quarter play quarterback play like what I saw against the Bears in Atlanta. I haven't. So I'm super stoked. And again, you should be too, because again, just because the rumors came out with Deshaun Watson does not mean you shouldn't be absolutely stoked about what you about what two is going to do this year. Okay. And then not to mention, you talk about the offense in general. The offensive line does have me worried. Okay. But again, we're trying to hype us up here. The wide receivers and the offense in general, like I really think that we are going to be a dynamic offense this year. And I'm led to believe from people I've talked to that the wide receivers aren't as injured as as the team is making them out to seem, okay? A lot of this is maintenance. Not saying they're not injured, but a lot of this is maintenance because like none of those players, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, they don't have to prove themselves as far as how good they are as a quarterback. Or uh, quarterback, my gosh, wide receiver. They don't need to go out there and you're like, how good is Devontae Parker? How good is Will Fuller? How good is Albert Wilson? Albert Wilson led the league in yak when he was last in it. Will Fuller, we know how good he can be. Devontae Parker, we know when healthy, how good he can be. Okay, so we so let them rest. Two of those guys, Parker and Wilson, already have chemistry with Tua. Okay? They already have the chemistry, so let them rest. Let them get a better grasp of the playbook. Let them heal up so that when the season comes they're ready to go and then with will fuller you know again i i 
he's not going to play week one, so he'll have time to heal. And also, he doesn't need to be to his number one target right away. So it's okay if he has to build that chemistry a little more with Tua. It's okay if he's not, you know, in sync with Tua till week four or five. That's fine. Because with Devontae Parker and Albert Wilson and Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki, he doesn't need to be. We saw Tua go out there and, and, and torch defenses with his third strings, okay? So, yeah, he doesn't need to go out there. Um, you know, t- Wolf Lord doesn't need to be out there right away and, and have elite chemistry with Tua. It's fine, okay? But this offense, seriously, I think by the end of the year, this offense is going to be top 15 in the NFL and top 10 in red zone. I do. So, again, if, if that doesn't make you hype, I don't know what will. Okay, and then defensively, let's just start off with the fact that, like, Xavier Howard, like, can we not forget how hype we were when the Dolphins signed X? Because he's the best player on the team. He is a top, literally the 17th best player in the NFL, as voted on by the NFL players. So you have a top 20 NFL player on your team, signed, um, and healthy. Keyword, healthy. Okay, because normally going into a season, X hasn't been fully healthy except last year. He looks healthy. He looks great. Okay, on top of that, your defensive line looks a lot more improved. You look like you can actually stop the run this year because with the additions of Adam Butler, Raekwon Davis is going to be a pro bowler by the end of next year. Okay, but he, he will be a consistent pro bowler. I firmly believe that. Christian Wilkins has been improving. Adam Butler great against the run. Andrew Van Ginkle is going to improve. Emmanuel Ogba has looked far better this year than he did last year, and last year he was good. Okay. Then you look at safety play. I mean, Eric Rowe is the best covering tight end safety in the NFL. Then you add the fact that your safety is no longer a nickel cornerback in Bobby McCain, which hats off to Bobby McCain. He was a phenomenal nickel corner. He's not a safety. And so you actually have a guy back there that whether it's Jason McCourty or Javon Holland, you have guys back there that actually know how to play the position, okay? And so, again, those things should excite you as a Dolphin fan. The fact that your defense looks more well-rounded. The fact that Tua has looked sensational this offseason. And again, the interest in Deshaun, like, let me let you all know, the interest in Deshaun is not them not being confident in Tua, Okay. They're confident too. I know they are. That's why they haven't traded for him because they're like, hey, we don't need to trade for him right now with the allegations because we have a really good quarterback. But Deshaun, again, he's the fourth best quarterback in the NFL. And so it's less about Tua and more about Deshaun. Again, if this was Baker Mayfield being available or Ryan Tannehill, you wouldn't see the Dolphins trying to trade for him. You wouldn't. It's because it's Deshaun Watson, you know? So you should be hype about Tua. You should be hype about the team. And you should be hype heading into week one against the Patriots. Because guess what? If the Dolphins are able to stop the run and we don't just like make three interceptions like Fitz did last year, we're winning the game. And we're sweeping the Patriots this year. Y'all can best believe that. If the Dolphins can stay healthy and again... We can stop the run because if we can't stop the run, I don't feel great about our chances to beat New England on on Sunday. But if we can stop the run and we force Mac Jones to throw the ball, yeah, it's game over. Okay, so you should be confident heading into the season. X is here. Better wide receivers. Tua has looked like he's taken a significant leap forward. 
overall just like a more well-rounded team. Your special teams looks phenomenal. So like be hype if you're a Dolphin fan. Don't like the don't let the Deshaun Watson rumors, you know, weigh you down and make you feel like, oh, I should question my team now. Like, no. We're gonna be good this year, okay? Which leads me into the next part of, of, of the podcast. And if you've stayed, thank you for still being here. But let's go into AFC records and talk about how good I think the Dolphins will need to be this year, how good I think they will be in comparison to the rest of the AFC, um, and what it'll take them to get into the playoffs record-wise. So let's start off, I guess we can start off in the division. Um, Let's start off with who I think is going to win the division, and that's the Buffalo Bills. And this doesn't mean that I think Miami hasn't gotten better. It's just, it's more so, it's less so uh, like me feeling bad about the Dolphins and more so I just need to see it from Miami, right? I need to see them consistently beat Buffalo because we haven't been able to beat Buffalo since Brian Flores became head coach. So, you know, I can't in right mind make the Dolphins win the division if we haven't been able to beat Buffalo Bills the last four times. We haven't beaten them in two years. So, like, until that happens, yeah, I do think Buffalo's going to win the division. They're a very good team. They're very well coached. Um, the only thing, and I will say this, and this is a big if, they could have, and I don't know if there's been an update on this. I don't think there is. Josh Allen is not vaccinated. Cole Beasley is not vaccinated. The Bills and the Titans and the Colts are three of the most unvaccinated teams in the NFL. Okay, so especially if your quarterback is not vaccinated, that's a question. That's a big question mark, because, again, as good as the bills are, what if week two, a day before Josh Allen is out? Well, I mean, that's going to change a lot of things if he's out for the next two weeks. So. You know, that is a big if. I just feel like overall the Bills still will win the division. I have them winning 13 games. And that's assuming nothing goes wrong with COVID, which is a big assumption. But I think they go 13-4. and The Dolphins, I have them finishing second. The Dolphins, I have them finishing 11-6. and Okay? And that is what I think it's going to take for the Dolphins to get into the playoffs this year. Okay, there's one team in the playoffs I have that's 10 wins. And they're tied with someone else. And so I feel like 11 wins is the safest way to get in. And I think it's realistic. Again, as long as nothing catastrophic happens, which is really the case with any team, there's no reason the Dolphins couldn't win 11 games. And that's me factoring in that they're going to lose one game to the Patriots, just to be safe, both games against the Bills, and then between the Bucks, um... The Bucks, the Colts, the Ravens, Titans, and Saints losing, you know, another two of those games. So, you know, I'm factoring in some losses that might not even happen, right? Like the Dolphins could sweep the Patriots. I think it's very realistic. But I think that 11 and 6 is very possible for this team. And that's what it's going to take to guarantee that you get into the playoffs. Because if the Dolphins don't get in at 11 and 6, at some point it's like, okay, are you upset with the Dolphins or are you just mad at the AFC? Because even last year, 
technically you should get into the playoffs at 10 and 6. It's just last year, every team in the playoffs in the AFC was at least 11 and 5. That's crazy. So, yeah, I think the Dolphins can go 11 and 6 this year. I think that is possible. And I think it's what's going to happen. Next, we have the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to be good. I have them going 10 and 7 because I think there's going to be some games where they stop the run or they're not able to run the ball. They're going to ask Mac to win the game through the air, and he's just going to be a rookie quarterback. It's not his fault. It's just he's going to look like a rookie. And so if they were, if they had a more experienced quarterback, not named Cam, because I don't really, I feel better about Mac than Cam. If they had a more experienced quarterback, I might make them like 11 and six, but I just think that, you know, they'll probably finish 10 and seven. Uh, and it could be a case where the Dolphins and Patriots finish 10 and seven, and it's going to come down to week 18. That's very, very well possible. Okay. Uh, and then to finish it out, the the Jets, I think the Jets are going to go 6-11. They're just not a good team right now. They have a first-time head coach, first-time quarterback. There's a lot of rookies on that team as far as just like experience-wise, and I consider Robert Sala a rookie. So I just think they're going to go through some growing pains. I don't expect them to be great this year. It's not their year. And so, yeah, Jets are going to finish 6-10. and 10. Next up, the AFC North. The AFC North, I mean... Aside from the Bengals, who I have finishing 3-14, and 14, um, because seriously, like if you look at the Bengals' schedule, I was gracious giving them 3-14. and 14. They might not, but yeah, 3-14 and 14 is the Bengals. But aside from that, Steelers 10-7, Ravens 11-6, Browns 12-5. Um, I think the Browns will win the division. They have the easiest schedule in their conference, this in their division this year. So it's not necessarily that I think they're better, but they have an easier schedule. So I think the Browns are going to win their division. Uh, the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West at 14-3. and three. Um, The Chargers, I think, will be 9-8. and eight. They're going to miss the playoffs, but they'll be 9-8. and eight. Broncos will be 9-8, and eight, and the Raiders 7-10. and 10. I, I don't trust the Raiders at all. I think they got worse from last year. Their offensive line is significantly worse, and they just... If you got worse and last year you were what were they? Eight and eight or seven and nine, you're you're probably gonna be seven and ten. Okay. And then last but not least, this was a shocker to me when I like actually looked at the schedule for the AFC South. So the Texans and Jaguars will probably be the two worst teams in football this year. Um, Texans are gonna go one and sixteen. Jaguars will probably go two and fifteen, and that's me being generous and and allowing them to win one extra game. I don't know where. I have them tying with the Texans, and then I assume they'll win one more game, maybe throughout the year, just because they have Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, those two seem those two teams will suck this year. Um, but where I was shocked was the Titans. I don't have the Titans with a winning record this year. And that's shocking to me. And I could very well be wrong. And if I'm wrong, that's fine. But like the Tennessee Titans have an insanely, an insanely hard schedule this year. Not to mention, I've always believed that the reason why they are good or why Ryan Tannehill has looked good is because they did what the Dolphins did in 2016. Good O-line, run the football, allow Ryan Tannehill to be a game manager instead of one of those quarterbacks that actually can win you a game because he can't 
Okay, this is just me being completely honest, and everyone knows it. No one fears Ryan Tannehill. You fear who? Derrick Henry. And when teams have stopped Derrick Henry, they can't win. I don't care if Julio Jones is there. I don't. Because at the end of the day, your quarterback's the same guy. Okay, Tua has shown more accuracy and feel for, for the quarterback position than Ryan Tannehill did in seven years. Okay? Um... So, like, yeah, the Titans, I looked at their schedule. They they are they have an insanely tough schedule. So they'll probably be eight and nine at best ten and seven. That's being kind though. Probably eight and nine or nine and eight. I mean, seriously, they have a hard, hard, hard schedule. Um and then I have the the Colts winning their division. Here's the thing with the Colts though. And this is a big they were the biggest switch as far as like how many wins I'm projecting based off the quarterback. Because they as well, like the Titans, like the Bills, their quarterback's unvaccinated. On top of it, Carson Wentz is injury prone. On top of it, Carson Wentz looked awful last year. Okay, and I think he'll look better with the Colts. But if for say, if for say like the Bills, if Josh Allen...